0: is tonight. (laughs) He's spreading the Jesus juice, the spirit of God, the spirit of love. Amen. All right, this is our second preordination class, and the Lord instructed me to do this. I didn't do it on the first ordination, but now I understand why he's doing it, because the ones who have been ordained See that this is how it's done. Amen. You're bearing witness with the teaching without being taught beforehand. Does that make sense? The Spirit is giving witness that this is truth and this is how it should be done. Well, tonight, last last session we taught on uh, falling in love with first love. Having that first love experience over and over again. That's how you go from glory to glory. Amen? That's how you go from faith to faith, is you got to constantly come back to the basics of that experience with Jesus. Reading your Bible, worshiping, praying, helping people, praying for people, and God is able to build off of that. But if we get caught up in our giftings outside of that first love relationship, he cannot build your ministry. You're actually building it through a gift instead of through a relationship with Christ that makes sense? And number two was recognizing the signs of your calling. That means your natural sign and your spiritual sign. Chris asked a good question earlier. He said, does the spiritual come before the natural? The natural come before the spiritual. As Jesus said, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen? So we have to be born into the natural before we can experience the spiritual. So your natural giftings, you're born with. You know, where that passion is, where your workplace is, what you enjoy doing, that's a natural gift. And when God is satisfied that integrity is upholding that passion, then he begins to reveal your spiritual gifts. Because now he can trust you with it. Amen? Because the word says if you not, uh, can't be trusted with what is another man's, how can you be entrusted with the true riches of God? And the true riches of God is not money. It's his anointing. It's his presence. That's the true riches of God. Number three was uh, initiating, initiating legacy. Through the renewing of your mind, building character, leaving your character as a legacy. Leaving the fruit of your life as a legacy to your children. Amen. Or to your associated people. You want to leave something behind because it doesn't end. The fruit remain. Like Jesus said, let your fruit remain on the earth. So if somebody else is picking up your fruit. There have been a partaker of your fruit by association. So those are the three things we taught on last time. Now, for 15 minutes, I'm going to pass out a quiz test. And you got 15 minutes. And don't even look at this until I tell you to turn over your paper and start writing. See, Brenda's going. (laughs) This is the only way that I can know that you're understanding what I'm teaching. Because ordination is about understanding the way Christ is. Understanding him so we can follow him in his ministry. So it's his ministry, amen? So keep that turned over, and y'all put your name and date on it, and we've got 15 minutes to, uh... I think it's fun, I don't see too many smiles, (laughs) you still got to take it. And this is gonna be for fifteen minutes and um, and when you hear the alarm go off that's your time's up. And uh Darlena, if you could just pick up their test and and give it to me. Um all uh, right, y'all start. For live stream watchers, this is for 15 minutes, they're going to be taking this test, make intercession for them right now, pray for them, okay, time's up, alarm didn't work, All right, we're going to get started. <clears throat> and Charlene, if you just give those to me when before I leave tonight, I'll, I'll look at them. So tonight we're going to be teaching on what confirms the calling of God. Number two, we're going to be teaching on what are the characteristics of a mature believer. Number three, we're going to be teaching on the faith is evident in the act of obedience. Number four, we're going to be teaching on understanding, this is very important, understanding the fivefold ministry. And the fifth thing we're going to do is how does the fivefold ministry work? You know, we have these individual columns working, but how do they work together effectively for the body of Christ? So we're going to start with um, what confirms the calling? Number one, the fruit backed up by God, and that's the key. It's His fruit, though so He has to back it up. You can see false fruit. People people can love and not be real. People can tell the truth and it not be the truth. Does that makes sense. So it's got to be backed up. By the Spirit of God. Number two is your spiritual leader and the people. No man puts himself in a calling. No man puts himself in an office. Your spiritual leader has to release you to that ministry. And the people have to release you to that ministry. I didn't know this. I learned it because I never wanted to go into ministry, Ever. It just wasn't a desire of mine. My desire was to build. But once someone sees something in you, it releases the desire, and it's, you don't even you're not even in contact with it until it's spoken, it's released by an authoritative power. And then the people begin to push you into that place. The people will push you into that place. So that's that's how you know it's a true calling from God. It's got to be God called, not man called, not your daddy calling you to ministry, because there's a lot of fathers that see um, a lot of compassion on a son and want to push him towards ministry. That's not the way it works. It's got to be a spiritual father that brings you into that place. And this is how it's confirmed. Now let's look at what, what are the characteristics of a mature believer? Are we on the screen? Number one, you know his voice. And listen, you got to be trained to know his voice. You don't know his voice right away. And the most effective way for your spirit to be trained to hear the voice of God is that you have to stay in the word of God because the word of God actually trained your spirit to recognize his voice because it's his truth. So now we're hearing the voice of the truth and the truth of the spirit. Know his voice. And listen, the ones who are in office ministries, you'll be ordaining your own offices. That's why I want you to take notes. I want you to understand. That's why we're doing quiz tests. Because, listen, you have to understand what this is all about to represent Jesus effectively and to be a a true ambassador for him, you have to know him. So number two is to live and think responsibly. Live and think responsibly. You've got to be responsible. In fact, when you get ordained, there's a whole level of responsibility that comes on you. A whole level of accountability that comes on you. You're accountable to God at another level. You're accountable to live right. At another level. You're accountable to think right at another level. Uh, so there's a great accountability, accountability and a great expectation uh, when you get ordained, and that confirms the maturity of a believer that is ready for ministry. There's too many immature believers or immature ministers That flow good under the anointing. But outside the anointing. They're not flowing what they're teaching in. Does that make sense? They're not living what they're teaching. Beyond the pulpit. Kingdom life ministers. Kingdom minded ministers. Aren't going to be that way. They won't be that way in this ministry. You're going to live what you preach. You're going to live what you teach. Amen. That's the goal here. Uh, And that's one thing I'm going to be looking at very closely. Jesus must be re-presented to this generation. Does that make sense? Jesus is so misrepresented. The young group don't even want no part of him. But thank God that God has sent us some young men and women that we can train to represent him properly. Amen? And you draw your own crowd. You draw your own group because God already has them tagged for you. Once you get ordained, you'll be surprised who's going to show up at your doorstep or who's going to show up at you in the marketplace. God's going to draw them to you. We have to represent him well. Listen, he wants more than to see someone healed and delivered. What does he want to see? God wants more than someone healed or delivered or casting out demons. He wants to see a passion from His ministers. A passion for Him. A passion for the lost. Not just a passion that somebody's getting healed. Not just a passion that, that a miracle just took place. Healings and miracles should be common for us. Demons coming out of people should be common for us. But what's not common is a passion for God. We have a passion for his giftings. We have a passion for the calling, but we don't have a passion for the one who gave them. And that's what I'm trying to teach here in first love experience, in our first teaching in ordination. And we have to go back and listen to that teaching. If we have CDs on that. I know it was on live stream. But you have to go back and listen to that, what God requires and how to do it to come back to first love so he can start all over again and building. He has something to build with. And listen, people are looking for, with ministers, a first love encounter from you. That relationship between God and his son working through you and impacting somebody's life, that's what he's looking for. That's what Jesus is looking for. That's how you can truly represent him is display the love between the father and the son. Amen. I feel it. He just fell in this place. That's what he wants me to stay on right now. First love. We're going to represent him. As Lord, we're going to represent him as savior. Through a oneness of love between the Father and the Son. How do you experience that? There's no way that you can experience first love without a renewed mind. You experience Jesus at regeneration, but you begin to experience the Father as the mind gets renewed. And that's when you are able to introduce truly what love is. Truly what love is. A saving love and an abiding love. All coming at once, the one person. Boom, they're getting rescued out of something and a a bomb of love just rested on them. They're changed forever. The reason people don't maintain their salvation or born again people get born again And they seem like they lose it because there's no abiding love to keep them in that place. The devil wants to snatch them out of that place. Amen? Because they don't have enough wisdom to stay there. But the abiding love, that love, when you feel true love, you don't want to depart from it. Nothing's going to keep you from it. No temptation can draw you from it. Does that make sense? First love is what he's looking at. let's look at the screen. Kingdom ministers are to restore faith and hope. When you begin to minister that kind of love, you are ministering out faith and hope. We have to have the faith of Jesus and the hope of God. Most church people avoid disappointment. And has given the seat of honor to the spirit of unbelief. Because we avoid disappointment. Ministers avoid disappointment. Not knowing that they're called to it. Because disappointment will keep you humble. Disappointment will relieve you from the pain that's inside of you. If it's done right. Disappointment is orchestrated by God to bring something out of you that shouldn't be. So when we avoid disappointment because we don't want to enter into any more pain or feel any more pain, we're actually increasing the pain unknowingly. The disappointment is really an appointment for God to release that weakness out of you and his strength can be made perfect in that area. That makes sense? Don't avoid disappointment. Don't get down when disappointment comes. Because there's a shifting, a releasing going on. So hope is anchored in the revelation of God's goodness. When you get a revelation of God's goodness, hope is anchored in, and bubbles up from your heart. You ever feel something just bubble up on the inside? And then that is the way that it affects our perspective. That affects our perspective, our attitudes, and our countenance. When we have a hope encounter with God, when we have a love encounter with God, and it bubbles up on the inside, it changes your perspective on everything. Remember we were teaching the other day in men's class, um, and God gave us a testimony, he gave me a testimony. He said, you see how the perspective changed, the whole atmosphere? It just gave us hope. God still cares. God still hears. God's still present. God is still with us. Amen? That's what testimonies tell us. He's alive, and he's still working in our midst. Hype in ministry is one of the biggest culprits. Amen? Hype in ministry is one of the biggest culprits. And it seems to be be the majority out there. There's a minority of remnants out there that are getting it right. And I'm telling you, when God releases them out of these four walls, look out, devil. He's going to be running scared. Just because of your presence, what you carry, the glory of God is on your life. And he's running from the glory. He's running from the glory. Amen. So don't avoid disappointment. I've learned to run to it. Because if I don't run to it. I'm going to see it again. I'm going to see it again. And our our biggest fear is facing people. In conflict. If you just put yourself in that position. And take on this mindset then I'm about to introduce first love to them. Because God orchestrated the encounter. Not for you to argue with them. Not for you to contend with them. But for you to look through the eyes of Jesus and the love of God and deliver something that they've never experienced before. Where, let's go on the screen Where there is no hope, you will not find faith. You see people have no hope, but they say, I have faith. Well, they're using the old man's faith, not the new man's faith. But if they have the new man's faith, they have hope. Because they work hand in hand. You can't have the new man and not have hope. Because Christ comes in your heart. And is the hope of glory. Faith and hope should be the glow on you. As a kingdom minister. Faith and hope should be the glow on you as a kingdom minister. And listen, the light of that glow is love. We're talking about love between the Father and Son, not just a rescuing love. But if you're going to be kingdom ministers, kingdom mindset, you're delivering a rescuing love. Y'all listen to this now because you can be tested on this. You're delivering a rescuing love and an abiding love. That's what kingdom is all about. All right, let's look on the screen. Faith is evident in the act of obedience. Faith is evident in the act of obedience. So when I give instructions in business or give instructions in ministry and people obey, I know the faith of Jesus is working in them. And, you know, when the faith of Jesus is working in you, I can trust you because he'll not mess me up. He'll not cause me to fall into error because I trusted you. But when I see sharp obedience, Yes, then I know the faith of Jesus is working for you. Because they work together. Listen, when God commands you to do something, don't go into self examination. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I don't have the knowledge to do it. What we have to understand coming into ordination. It's not about us. It has nothing to do with you. It's just an open vessel ready for God to use. Just obey it. Because we could not have obeyed it without God's faith assisting us. It's not our faith. How many times we, we, somebody says to, for you to step out in faith and you start self-examining yourself? You start thinking about it. You shouldn't even think about it. As soon as you act on it through obedience, the faith of God rises up in you and begins to perform it for you. Amen. That's right. That's how it works. Illumination instruction is a command from God. Illumination instruction. When you're reading your Bible and a scripture illuminates, that is a command from God to you. And he's expecting you to obey what he's just enlightened on you. And when he commands you to do something, he's commanding you first to become it. To become what he has shown you in his word. And then you're able to minister effectively to others. Let's look at Psalm 65, 4. I love this. Psalm, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jesus is in your disappointment. He's right there. He's causing us to approach him through disappointment. He's causing us to approach him through trials. He's causing us to approach him when temptation comes. He's saying, blessed is this man that you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts and be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Are you satisfied with the temple of God? This is the temple of God. Your body, is, are you satisfied with this temple? Or does this temple have fear going on? Does this temple have perversion going on or anger going on or all these things? We're not satisfied with that. If you're satisfied with it, then the Holy Spirit's not a, a resident because he'll bring so much conviction when those things are going on. You won't be happy. But to be satisfied with the courts of God. What is the courts of God? You got four courts in your soul. Amen. Here's your courts intellect, will, emotions, and affections. That He that He may dwell in your courts. God wants to be one with us spirit, soul, and body. And then He goes into material things, possessions and relationships. He wants to be one with that with you. He wants to enjoy relationships with you. He wants to enjoy material things with you. So when he gives a command, he's saying, I'm choosing you, not causing you to approach me right now. So faith is not found by looking for faith. Faith is not found by looking for it. Think about that. Faith is found in yielding to his will And his purpose. That's where you're going to find faith. And yielding to his will. And to his purpose. And with that being said. Obedience. Should be our focus. When you all come into this building. Or the building next door. Your focus. Your mindset should say. I'm going to be obedient today. Because obedience is a demand in the kingdom. In the church age, there's a lot of grace because you have a lot of babies. But when you're moving from church age to kingdom age, you're moving into being obedient. And that's the difference. There's a different kind of of grace. There's not grace to stay in ignorance. There's grace to stay obedient. In the church age, there's a lot of grace because of ignorance, for lack of knowledge, a lot of grace on that. But in the kingdom age, there's a lot of grace on obedience. He's going to help you obey because it's his obedience and not yours. It's impossible for your obedience to please God. It's the obedience of Jesus Christ working through you, and what releases it is his faith working through you. That makes sense? So so if we we just take on this mindset, we would stop analyzing ourselves. Because it's all him. It's his faith. It's his grace. It's his obedience. It's his love. All we're doing is putting ourselves in that position to minister to someone. And you'd be surprised how he'll take over you that moment. And joy will start springing out of you. Let's look at this on the screen. Faith is the result of surrender, not determination. Faith is the result of surrender, not determination. Faith is not determined to do something for God. Faith moves on your surrender. Faith is the result of surrender, not determination. So, surrendering to the one who is faithful will release extreme obedience. That's the, that's the obedience of Jesus. Look what he did. Wasn't his obedience extreme? When you look at Jesus' life through the Gospels, he had an uh, extreme obedience. What fueled that kind of extreme? obedient what was the fuel that first love the love they had between each other Isn't that amazing when you enter in that kind of love man you can be you can conquer anything absolutely anything and not there, there would be no fear in fact kingdom ministers will not be ordained if they have fear i'm putting a warning out there right now if you have fear any fear at all when something's not going your way, you better wait the next year. Because if you get ordained under that kind of uh, uh, character, then the power of the apostolic anointing, when it comes on you, it's going to take that fear to another level of destruction and torment. So that's why the Lord has me teaching these classes, He's because it's a serious thing to come under an apostolic anointing and be released for ministry if you have something else going on in your head other than God. So it's His obedience that releases faith. Nothing of, listen to this, this is powerful. Nothing of eternal significance is discovered by looking inward. Nothing of, now you would think looking inward to the Holy of Holies, to the Spirit of God, has no significance nothing of eternal significance is discovered by looking inward it is discovered by looking godward if we if we're continually looking inward we become selfish we become selfish we ought to be consulting the inward man for Godward action. Godward. And doing so, favor, when you do that, favor, life, and faith, and everything else of importance are unveiled in one glance. You'll see something. I, I remember when I, I was so obedient. I, I, I hope I'm still obedient like I was 10 or 15 years ago because every time I would act in faith, remember those old uh, things that you would look through and put the a slideshow, like a little slide thing, you keep clicking it? A viewfinder, and you keep seeing these pictures. That's what happens to me. Click, I can hear it in my mind, and a whole new picture of something happens. And when you see it, you move Godward towards that. And things begin to get unveiled that are so beautiful when you release heaven into that situation. But I remember, I explained that to Ken Hall, a pastor at Coastal. And I told him, this is the way it looks like. It's a thing. It's constantly clicking all day long. And business and ministry. God, when you come into that kind of relationship, It will be the same for you. You'll see it constantly in what to do and where to go. Because Jesus said, I will show you things before they happen. He'll show you things before they happen. Your faith should be in what he has shown you. People say, oh, you got to go working in blind faith. Every person I saw working blind faith has ended up in a ditch with somebody else. Amen. There's not a, such a thing as a blind faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. So you're seeing something in the, in the spiritual realm. All right. Now we're going to go into understanding the fivefold ministry. This is the important part. But This is what what kingdom kingdom ministries are about. It's fivefold. Every Christian needs to receive from all five of these ministries. If you're not receiving from all five of these ministries, you're not growing. God works through his hand, his offices. And that fivefold office makes up the full person of Jesus when ministered out. So in in, in an apostle's function, he's given direction. He's establishing things. A prophet is speaking into you what he sees that God wants you to go into. An evangelist is manipulating them to come into the presence of God, not just to be saved, but to come into the presence of God. That's what this drawing is all about, is coming into that first love experience at a greater measure. And then the pastor has to nurture that, and the teacher has to build it up. I'm going to get in this a little little deeper so we can understand, again, what these offices are about. So if you're being ordained into a five-fold apostolic ministry, that's what's happening. For either an office function or a gift outside of these five functions. So, this ordination doesn't necessarily mean that you're an office function. That's what these classes are about. So, you can judge yourself, that you'll know that you're in an office function or a gift function. Whether it's the gift of helps, gift of administration, Uh, there's gifts out there and listed in the the Book of Corinthians. Uh, gifts of healing, those kind of things. And that uh, apostolic anointing comes on. It just takes it to another level of expression and power. The evangelist, look on the screen. What the evangelist says. Get people saved. Release the operation of miracles, signs and wonders in the church. It's not up to the apostle. The, the apostle does the first work. In other words, he brings it first. So he's laying a foundation that this is what we're supposed to operate in, signs, wonders, and miracles. So when Carrie and Paige go out, they're going to be flowing and getting people saved and signs, wonders, and miracles. So God uses that to reach the whole body of Christ and to bring people into Christ. So you got a message that's going to bring people get them saved. And you got a message you're going to bring people up through a sign, wonder, and a miracle. Those signs edify the body of Christ. Let's look at pastors. Act as shepherds of God's sheep, providing comfort, care, and protection. Really write those down: comfort, care, and protection. And on my next teaching on this ordination, I'm going to bring you into the book of Acts and show you how everything should be done uh, with a five-fold ministry. Shepherds of good God's sheep providing comfort, care, and protection. Everybody got it? Comfort, care, let's look at Prophets. Prophets reveal God's heart and mind to his people. Providing vision and direction. I'm giving you some information because uh, people are going to be asking questions. What is a fivefold? And what do they do? And this has got to be in your spirit. This has got to be in you. You almost burp it out without even thinking about it. It just comes out of you, the understanding of it. Revealing God's heart and mind. To his people, Providing vision and direction. All right, let's look at teachers. If I go too fast, let me know. Providing understanding, instruction, and training. Enabling God's people to grow and fulfill their call. That's why we need more teachers. Because without these teachers... You'll never grow. Because you grow in understanding. You see who does most of the teaching around here The lead, does most of the teaching. And God really does cause it to flow that way. Amen. And when God gets me up, it tells me this is what that tells me. That you guys have reached a level of understanding and you're ready for another level of foundational truth to take you to another level, a stature in Christ. Everybody got that? Let's go to apostles. Apostles set the church in order so all the other gifts can operate. They also establish individual believers and in their place of ministry. That's an apostle's primary work right there. Their primary work is not signs, wordings, and miracles. Their primary work is not uh, uh, authority and all these things. That's an apostle's primary work is to set the church in proper order. And the proper order is God first, Jesus second, then your firefold comes underneath that. And that's how you receive that flow of grace from heaven. To bring you into that kingdom experience. So these are the five. These are the offices of the church. And they really make up God's administration for the church. This is the administration for the church. They are the new wineskin. Keep that in mind. These are the new wineskin. Not the new wine. It's the new wineskin. that The new wine is able to... uh, abide in without exploding. You know, I can get around some of the people are just coming into the ministry and learning and I can start flowing in revelation they feel like their head's about to explode. What does that mean? It's time for the new wineskin. Because you can't contain it. So the renewed mind can hold on to that revelation. Amen? And that's what we need to teach. Don't leave a ministry, an apostolic ministry, because your head's about to explode. You have to teach them that they have to renew their mind to be able to hold this new wine. Amen. One of the highest priorities of the church is that every member has access to all five. Every member should have access to me. Every member should have access to a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and teacher. Some people you just can't even get close to in these offices. Amen? Because when you come out of a relationship with God, you set yourself on a pedestal. Amen. And you expect the people to come to you when the offices are called to the people. They're called to the people. That's why we do so much around here in teaching and training and ministering. Every day we have something going on in here now. Every day we are serving, serving the people. And that's the way it should be. And I don't know, I'm not getting wore out by it. I don't know if y'all wore out by it, because if you're wore out by it, then your grace is not working with you. Because grace will what? Never wear you out. You listen to the voice of God. You do what the voice of God says. And his grace is sufficient in my weakness and your weakness. So the fivefold ministry on the screen, the fivefold ministry's responsibility is to bring the lost spirit to the light of Jesus, and then introduce the light to the soul. And see, that's what we're missing in that church age that we are coming out of. We're missing that part. When that light is introduced into the mind, introduced into the soul, when Jesus constantly brings that light forth, then nobody knows what to do. The first thing we think is, that guy has been in sin because all this stuff is coming out of him amen Satan does not want to be known especially in a child of God he wants to kill steal and destroy before you know he's there amen so when God shines the light on you then that means he's ready for that to exit you and for you to change your direction and get out of that environment go into another environment amen The fivefold responsibility. Put that on the screen again, Carolina. The fivefold ministry's responsibility is to bring the lost spirit into the light of Christ, and to introduce the light to the soul. So, for the most part, church has missed the the second part. Amen. Because, and why is that? Because the fivefold is not in place. Most of your churches have a pastor. Everybody wants to know who the pastor is at the church. That's incorrect. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way Jesus set it up. And I'm going to show you that more and more in scripture as we go along with this teaching and the next teaching. So when the light is exposed, listen to this when the light is exposed to the soul, we find the root system. Amen? Because where there's fruit, there's a root. Right? So if you look at this vision, when God shines the light, see the light coming towards the soul? The root system is shown right there. You see the fruit of bitterness, pride, complaining, anger, and jealousy but what is the root system? Unforgiveness. So When Jesus shines that light, it's time. Now listen, I'm getting ahead of myself. As long as the root system, this is powerful, still exists, it buffers the victorious life we should be living. As long as the root system Still exists. Man, you can cut that fruit all day long. That anointing will cut that fruit right off. But the authority of God gets to the root. Can God trust you with his authority? He can only trust you with his authority when you become his word. You don't see a lot of authority in the churches. Churches out there have a lot of authority, but the majority don't. That name the name of Christ. Amen. They have power, and some of them, you know, don't even have that because they're religious, but they have power. But they don't have the authority. But when a tree, when a tree, when you look at a natural tree, when the tree's root is exposed to the light, what happens? It dies. Then what do you do? You take the axe to it. You take the axe to it. So when Jesus shines the light on the root system, what's our axe? The word of God. And you just speak it with authority and it goes right to that root system and cuts it out. Just like that. Every root has a fruit. As long as it exists, it will stay alive. That's the tormenting part about a Christian life. They feel the removal of the fruit and think they're free. But the root's still there. It's still alive. That's what you're going to see in apostolic ministries, kingdom-minded ministries. They're going to be able to get to the roots for that problem. Through revelatory. for a rima word. Of God. For that particular situation. When a surgeon goes to work. He's got certain tools for certain things. So it's going to take a certain word. To get to that problem. And you got to be in right relationship with God. So he can trust you with that secret. Or you'll cut up the wrong thing. You'll mess them up. We just cut them up. Alright, we're gonna I'm gonna do a little uh, play here. And y'all are gonna love this. I brought my partner. I'm, I'm called to this right here. I'm pulled to this right here. See, I'm going to talk about the pastors for a minute. Carl come up here. I keep seeing a pastoral something on Carl. I'm working with him to see if he's a pastor, but we're going to use him as a pastor tonight. Pastor's a pastor's heart is to provide comfort. Care and protection. Comfort, care, and protection. Our problem is that in many churches, a pastor is all you have. And that right? A pastor is all you have. So the pastor of the church has all these babies in the church, right? There's no color in God. Christians have been saved for 30 years. Can you imagine? And some 40 years and 25 years. And the pastor is still rubbing their head. And I write, wearing him out. A 30 year old aged babe in the arms of his pastor and that's all the pastor can do is comfort him that's all he can do is comfort him and care for him and protect him look how he's protecting him that's all they can do that's the that's all the grace is given for that office you understand that when they get outside of caring and protecting and comforting they are inviting an alien grace. And what that alien grace does, it introduces Leviathan into the church. It's a Leviathan spirit. And then children love to be entertained. So now we got entertainment in the church. Amen. That's why we need prophets. Come up here and stand right here, Todd. Y'all bring your mics with you. This is why we need prophets. Carl hands the baby to the prophet. Amen? Wait a minute. I'm, I might be getting ahead of myself. Let's see. 18, 19. Yeah, I did get ahead of myself. Come up here, Carrie. Carrie gets this baby first. Put this baby in Carrie's hand. And Lee, 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 too. Lee, you come up here. Y'all stand up here so we can see this. What you're seeing here is, Todd, you come over here by me. And uh, Carl, you get on the other side. Th- this is what you're seeing. This is the 5 office right here. Come on right here. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. These offices should be stationary in the assembly. Amen. They should be producing their own kind. They should be making disciples of their own office because they have that stronger grace on their office than I do. I can flow in that grace at a low level only to recognize deception. That's why God has apostles in the church first because they flow in all five of them. But they can only major in the one. That's being an apostle. They can minor in the other ones. Only to recognize the flow of that grace. And those other offices. Because the apostle is supposed to recognize deception. False teachers, false prophets. Because they've already entered into that grace. They know what to look for. Does that makes sense? They know what to look for. So evangelists are gifted to birth babies. This is what their anointing is, is to birth babies and get them into the kingdom. And they get excited when a new Christian is born. And they throw the baby in the air out of excitement. Isn't that right? Evangelists are graced to get the people. Evangelists have to be around people or they'll die. And that's that grace just working in them to be around people. And that's why they're graced is to birth babies into the kingdom of God. It's not the evangelist's gift to nurture that baby or establish this baby in the truth. Babies irritate evangelists because they're babies half the time. That's what the Lord told me this morning. He said the reason they get irritated because they are that baby. Amen. They know how it feels. So the evangelist has to pass it to the pastor. Did I say pastor or prophet? Pastor. That's why... They need a pastor. They need to come under a pastor. As soon as that evangelist gets that that new convert, he should be sending him right to the pastor. Amen? That pastor is going to comfort them and nurture them and protect them. A pastor, I love this, what the Lord said, what they're protecting is the internal movement that just took place in this little infant. There's a a regenerated power that's always in motion in your spirit. Like it says, it's generating. It's generating. It's constantly moving. The pastor needs to protect that power under his grace. And uh, a pastor is like a nurse in a delivery room who takes a new born baby, cleans it up. Can you imagine this? They clean them up and make sure it is healthy, fed, and protected. That's all this pastor is supposed to do. Amen. This is it. The fivefold ministry's responsibility is to protect and introduce the light of God that just came. The fivefold ministry's responsibility is to protect and introduce the light of God. The light of God. Our problem is that in the church, a pastor is really all we have. That's what's sad, and he can't get to everybody. The word of God, if you really study out the word, it tells you a pastor can only handle 50 to 60 people, not 5,000 people. There's no way that they can grow. Got to have the fivefold in place. So Christians have been saved for 30 years. Now I'm getting into this 30-year thing. And here we are, babies, still milking on the pastor. pastor Pastors still rubbing their head and nurturing them. That's why we need prophets. So bring the baby over to the prophet. So the pastor hands the baby to the prophet. All right? And the prophet looks at the baby and points his finger at him and says. It's, love. it's, love. it's, love. it's, love. it's good that you're comfortable and having fun. But you have a call of God on your life. You were created with a destiny. There are things God wants you to do.
1: See, so what did
0: the prophet do? <laughs> Spoke into his life. Gave the baby direction. So the prophet gives a baby Christian vision. That's, why, that's what prophets do. They give vision. Amen? So where you have pro- prophets, people gain vision and are motivated to fulfill their destiny. Amen? And Todd being, being trained and raised up in this anointing. So in the meantime, I'm the prophet, and I have to speak into your life to motivate you and your destiny. But can you imagine how powerful it will be when you have mature believers functioning in the fivefold, it's going to be off the chart, powerful. Amen? Off the chart. Power. No devil's going to be able to stand up in the place. Because the glory will be just generating from them. So the evangelist, pastor, and prophet and teacher each have a crucial part of building this. Now, so the prophet hands the baby to the teacher. And the teacher speaks over the baby. Parts a separate time. The teacher gets out his or her Bible. He says, You need to understand some things: how to walk with God, how to operate in the power of God. And how to experience the blessings of God. So the teacher begins to teach and train the baby. Do you see what's happening here? The evangelist bursts him, but the evangelist can't hold on to this baby because they'll frustrate each other. So he passes it to the pastor. Now she's walking. To nurture them, and to nurture the, the the baby gets calmed down. It's in a new place. It's in a new environment. It's in a new new kingdom. So it needs to feel loved and protected, right? And cared for in this new place. But the pastor will know when that baby is ready to hear the voice of God through a prophet to introduce vision for his life. Amen? And then when he sees that vision, then that prophet knows to send this to the teacher so the teacher can open up the word and build the understanding of that vision. That makes sense? <clears throat> I love it. So, you see, the apostle has set the whole process in order. You see this, how the apostle just set all this in order. That whole process in order and make sure all the gifts are functioning together. You see, everybody's marching in their own column. As the book of Joel says, the army of God marches in their own column. They don't break rank. They're not envious. They're not jealous over each other's anointing. And what's happening through their life. Then finally, the apostle says, Give me that baby. Finally, the apostle says, The apostle also watches carefully as baby Christian moves through the progression to be sure that she is growing and developing, right? Then finally, the apostle says, "I think you. I think that you are ready, Chris, to be launched. All right. So the apostle sends baby Christian out to minister. Amen. He sends it out to minister, and see this order, this instruction the Lord's given us, is going to help us develop the life center." Because that's what those towers are about. The teaching, the different teachings on event and prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. That's what this is all about. What happens when you are launched into ministry for the first time? You crash you hard. You crash and you burn. And sometimes come away wounded. I've seen it with Carrie and I said, man, just hold on. <laughs> What a lot, you crash and burn. You study for days and you go out and minister and you can't even say one word. God sets it up that way. So what happens when this happens? The pastor rushes to the baby to retrieve the baby and comforts him again. You see what this pastor is supposed to do? He's supposed to comfort them. Because if you don't comfort them, the enemy will take advantage of that situation and pull you right out of that place, right out of your vision. You know the devil can pull you right out of your vision. If this order is not in place, working effectively, working relational, the devil can snatch you right out of it. We need pastors to comfort us, to encourage us as we grow. Amen? We got to have it. So then Todd takes the baby from the pastor. Then the prophet takes the baby aside and says to him, Hey, you messed up, but you still have a call of God on your life. Don't give up. There you go. You still have a call of God on your life. Don't give up. Amen. I remember when I used to go to that old widow and and pray with with her for two years twice a week, three hours each night for two years. And, you know, your flesh, outside of that, your flesh will get so weary, you want to give up. And she would call me. And this is what you don't want to hear. Just a little while longer. Man, does that deflate you? But she was right. She was encouraging me. Just a little while longer, Brother James just keep moving forward and man i've been through some training by myself with jesus to be able to teach this out the way it's being taught praise god and god set it up that way so next the teacher steps in with the baby and and begins to speak to this baby You crashed and burned, but these are some things you did not understand. Now let me explain. All right. So let the teacher, explain. you see how the the order is, is, is going through its process again. Amen. And this baby, when it leaves to this teacher, is going to be encouraged, taught, strengthened, ready to go out again. Amen. Ready to go out again. There you go. And he launches the baby out again. So now, before long, baby Christian is no longer a baby. Amen? You grow through experience. Right? You, you can't just grow from the Word of God. You have to grow with the Word of God. And until you put yourself out there and take the risk knowing that you have a pastor that's going to love on you, that you have a prophet that's going to speak vision into you, and that you have a teacher that's going to continually build the understanding of the truth and love that God is trying to introduce to you, wouldn't it be awesome? Experience. You, and you grow with the word through experience. Faith brings you into experience. Amen? That's what happens. Faith actually brings you into that experience. Under the fivefold care, our baby Christian matures and is equipped to minister with great effectiveness. Y'all can sit down. Thank you. They were awesome. Now, God can only build his church through grace. There's a lot of ministries being built through faith. But grace has not established the ministry. Amen. There's a lot of ministries being built through faith. But grace has not established that ministry. And how does grace get established? Obedience. Obedience. God establishes his ministry through obedience. And that's why I had God give me this vision on the awareness of grace to let me know how grace works in developing his ministry and developing the person. It's carrying the ministry. So you look at the, the calling down here. You can see the evangelist right there. He's bringing the babies in. He's birthing babies. Then you look at the pastor right here. When the baby crashes and burns, go through a trial. The pastor takes that baby, comforts that baby, makes that baby feel secure. And then the third thing, third uh, level of grace is the prophet begins to speak into that person's life, perfecting what God said to the baby before the baby went out. Amen? And then you have the establishment of it, that truth, and that comes from your teacher. You'll find your teacher right there. And then the strengthening comes from your apostle because he releases you into that destiny and you're settled into another level the apostles, apostles or spiritual fathers, they know when to send you out. They know by hearing God when to put you up here and represent him and to train you. They know when to send you out. But this is the grace that he uses and the offices and this rotation of grace to establish how the church is designed to operate. So recap on the screen: evangelists get people saved, pastors nurture the new converts, prophets give them vision and direction, teachers provide instruction and training, apostles establish the church and set it in order, so every Christian can be empowered to minister the gospel. This is a simple way of putting what these offices represent. Because you're going to be asked questions out there. Kerry's already been in this seat before, where pastors are asking him. What is kingdom? What is What are y'all talking about over there? They have to be taught. Amen? So you should have this with you all the time on little note cards or something, just constantly looking at it, because you never know when God's going to bring somebody in your life and ask, what is kingdom? What is the difference between church age and kingdom age? Amen. Um, let's let's go to Ephesians four twelve and sixteen. We're wrapping up. And uh, that, is that on the screen? Okay. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. What is it? Yeah. Chapter four, twelve. Yeah. So the fivefold is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of His faith the unity of his faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Can you imagine being like Jesus? Being mature as Jesus was. Can you imagine that? Walking in that kind of maturity, walking in that kind of power and authority and love, That's what the fivefold is supposed to equip the saints to do. Is to come into the maturity of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. And carried about by every wind of doctrine. I think over half the church right now is being tossed to and fro. Going from this church, going from that church, going from this church. Following that prophet, following this prophet. Because they're still babies. Babies. They don't know that's that little baby out there without a pastor, without an apostle, without an evangelist, without the fivefold to take care of it and minister to it. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is head of the church. We are still growing up. Into the head. He is the head, but the body is over there. Does that make sense? But the fivefold brings that unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And as that comes together, we are growing up vertically and connecting to the headship of Jesus Christ. So when that happens, now He's Lord over your life, not just Savior. And that's what kingdom ministers are all about. Jesus is Savior and Lord. He's leading them. He's guiding them. He's protecting them. They hear his voice. Let's go to 16. From whom the whole... Are we on 16? Whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You see these these offices up here? When they're in unity... In his faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, there is an anointing that comes from that, that union that hits the people. Now, I've said this before. Uh, I could send four of those, or one of I could send Carrie out, Carrie and Paige out, and when he speaks, he'll be drawing the grace from these other four offices. So he's speaking with power and authority of Jesus Christ in full maturity. In full stature. Isn't that awesome? Don't you think you can get to a bride washed pretty quick when you're walking in that kind of unity, that kind of knowledge, that kind of purity, where we can send Carrie and Paige out and just hear the testimony? Because it's coming. It's coming. As soon as we get this pastor where he needs to be and this prophet where he needs to be, look out. You're talking about the fullness of joy in ministry in your life, and in the body of Christ, it's going to be bubbling over. Amen. That every joint, the whole body joining it together by what every joint supplies according to effective working which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You march in your own column. That is your share of that anointing. That is your share of grace. You stay in that vein that's in that office. Don't move to the left. Don't move to the right. Stay focused on what your calling is, what your vision is, what your destiny is, and how you operate in that kind of anointing. So you see five things here. The body of Christ will be built up. Number two, we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Number three, we become mature, attaining to the measure of the fullness of Christ. Number four, no longer tossed like infants back and forth. And number five, we will grow up into the head of Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? So that, that sums it up. Was that a good representation of the fivefold and how a baby is tossed? I'd rather see a baby tossed out of the ministry by a spiritual father than a baby tossed back and forth from church to church. And getting all this offense, you know, delivered into them. Amen. And it's only because a lot of your, a lot of our leaders are still babies, like those babies. That so we have babies bickering. Amen. It's babies bickering, contending with one another. Amen. Any questions? Because. Uh, we gotta get this. I'm gonna we'll have another little testing on it, so keep that in mind. That we're gonna test on every session we do. We got one more session. It won't be as long as this one. And then we have ordination New Year's Eve night. Amen. Y'all pray for the ones are being ordained that um they start applying what they're hearing. And these teach Amen. Go ahead.